Happy New Year, Stephen. Happy New... Well, it's not New Year Happy here New yet, Year's, Erica. Happy New Year's Eve, Stephen. Yeah. Happy New Year's Eve, Erica. It is... Uh, it's New Year's apart from in the central time zone and the mountain and Pacific and all the ones to the west of that mm-hmm. as we record this. We're at the tail end of the world. I know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I never really realized that until... Um, you know, friends in Australia. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, we can laugh at Hawaii basically Mm -hmm. to say that, Hey, happy new year, Hawaii four hours ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're so, uh, and so we're bringing in, um, 2016 in style Mm -hmm. by watching, um, in style, in our pajamas, (laughs) in in our pajamas, (laughs) watching animated reconstructions of missing uh, doctor who episodes from 1964. As you do. As you do. Mm -hmm. This closes out season one though. That's true. That is pretty exciting. Closing out a whole season, the first season, therefore, of Lazy Doctor Who, in a way, when you think about it. Yeah, I guess so. If we were to split into seasons. Which we're not going to, because we're too lazy. That's right. That's the name of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, this is is one of three episodes that we'll be doing on this whole night, which you'll probably listen in two weeks' time, because that's how podcasts usually get uh, listened to. Or later. Or later. Never know. Or sooner. Um, but we're reading out, um, we've had some emails that we've neglected cause, cause we're lazy. lazy. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we, we've, uh, we might even have some tweets, uh, in, in further episodes as we watch each episode and we might even play a little Doctor Who Trivia Pursuit because it's New Year's mm-hmm. and it's time for a party. You got to do something fun on New Year's. I mean, we've already had some, some cheese and crackers and grapes and, uh, yeah. you know, I think maybe we should break into the champagne maybe for the next episode. Before, because if we wait until midnight, oh, we have yeah. a whole bottle of champagne. I don't want to. I don't want to polish off an entire bottle of champagne after midnight. That no, sounds unwise. I think we'll have. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a. I like that idea. I just I was laughing because cheese and crackers and grapes and champagne, mm-hmm. all very French. <laughs> Rain and terror. Rain and terror. You just tied it in. I know. It's tying right there. This right. is it's 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 interesting stuff. I am intrigued by this ep- this story. I haven't. Um, I've said this before on many places, including this podcast. Mm-hmm. I just haven't quite got to grips with it, probably because I just haven't been paying attention. Because even when I was, um, when I first watched this, the reconstruction, I think I was doing that stupid thing, which I, I did. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I'm shaking my head already. I know, watching the DVD while listening to the commentary. I'm watching the production notes while listening to the commentary. I don't um, know why anybody tries to do that. I well, I mean, why. my mind at least cannot process. No. Well, two things at once in that way. No, Three things, technically. But because, you know, the received knowledge of the white male Doctor Who nerd mm-hmm. um, fills him with confidence that he can understand what's going on in the story, that he mm-hmm. doesn't even need to pay attention to it. That is clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm enjoying this this time around um, with episode four, The Tyrant of France. Yeah, see, and I was very surprised when you said that it was an animated episode because looking at the DVD uh, chapter selection menu and has the little pictures with the, the, the title text over it, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty clear that episode five is animated. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't tend to look that far ahead. I was just looking at the next one. This one, The Tyrant of France, it's, it's such a sort of a, a long <laughs> shot. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> um, that I really thought that it was that was actually a room. I didn't realize that that was that it, it speaks to the realism of the animation itself on here because it's it's really interesting animation. I find myself very strongly ambivalent about it because on the one hand I quite like it because I think it's 
it's giving me a pretty good idea of of what the characters are thinking to some extent. On the other hand, it's it's so creepily realistic that I'm finding myself <laughs> like weirded out by it. Like I right. find it actually visually disturbing at the same time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like any any kind of, of of animation that's that I don't know. It's it's I don't know. It's not uncanny valley. That's not quite what it what the problem is, but I don't know. It it, it just it weirds me out a little bit. Yeah, there's there's a certain combination of I don't know what the animation techniques are, but I think there's one or two shots that are kind of rotoscoped yeah. almost mm-hmm. from other episodes. Um, it was controversial at the time. I remember this uh, this animation. This is I think it's the only one. I'm losing track now. I know that the the, the later ones were done by a different company, and of course this is way different than the um, your phones on. <laughs> shut, up phone. uh, shut up phone. Shut up phone. Then um, the invasion. Um, but I, I didn't know, I didn't pay attention anyway until I saw the end credits that the guy who did it was Paul Otaking Johnson. Otaking is his nickname or something like that. I don't know if you saw on YouTube or something. I can't remember where it was. But it was a basically a Doctor Who reimagined as Japanese anime. Yes, I have seen, I watched part of it. I love that so much. It's it very cool looking. so cool. That guy is behind this. Oh. Behind this uh, this year um, animation, which is interesting because this does not look like anime style. No, but you, at all. no, it's, it's it's at least not the typo, stereotypical. Yeah, I think the controversy came from the fact that there are so many, there's a lot of quick cuts. I was going to say that this, yeah. it does not feel like the visual pacing of an actual Doctor Who episode from the 1960s. <clears throat> no, um, it's it's paced more like something you'd expect to watch today, which I think. Is it's nice. Um, I can understand why it would be controversial because maybe it's not being quite so true to the material, but I feel like it's taking the material and making it easier, more, more palatable, I guess, for, yeah. for audiences now. And I mean, if it was the actors doing doing the actory stuff, mm-hmm. their performances, getting to watch the subtle cues on their face and their body language and stuff, that's one thing, being able to see a long shot that's that's just, you know, static or mostly static for a long period of time. In this case, they're pictures. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how good the animation is, they're not actually animating off of being able to see what the actors were doing. They're guessing. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, looking at still photographs and probably the camera scripts, I would guess, the shooting scripts. Yeah, pretty much, um, yeah. To figure out where, where the characters are supposed to be. So as nice as it is to to sort of get some body language from the characters, it's all extrapolations. So so it's a guess, mm-hmm. and and it's not it's not a performance in the same way. So if you had an animated character in a static shot for you know a minute and a half or however long the, any of the shots are supposed to go on, that's okay because then you can like you know look at the nuance of the the choices that Jacqueline Hill decided to 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 make for mm-hmm. her performances and stuff. And there's one particular instance where I really wish we had it. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I lines there, yeah. so I really support the decision <clears throat> of the decision of the animators to to do it this way Me too. because the the only thing that you are preserving if you make it be exactly the way that it was blocked is the blocking. And like that's that's it. I don't think that that's worth saving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I don't know. I know. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand that argument because no. these aren't people. It's just you know you might as well throw stick figures up there. Yeah, and you realize how when you watch an animated show how much um, action is sort of cut down for the sake of animation. This is animating to 
a pre-existing audio recording featuring real actors. You don't realize mm-hmm. how much slower real <laughs> life is animation, as opposed to animation. Animation doesn't usually leave time for a character to walk across the room, put his coat on, no. reach out, open the door, and then walk through it. Yeah. Like that was one scene that I noticed. I was like, oh, okay, we're watching a guy put his coat on, yeah. which I was glad about because... If I was just listening to this or uh, if I was just watching photo snaps or telesnaps, um, I would be wondering what the heck was going on because you barely hear any rustling during mm-hmm. that, that period. So at least we have the animation to show us what's happening. Yeah. And I don't even think telesnaps exist for Reign of Terror, actually. Oh. Because they, okay. uh, I don't remember when they start cropping up. Mm. can't remember that, but um, that's boring. What were you going to talk, talk about, uh, Jacqueline Hill? Yeah, okay, so in the last <coughs> episode, in uh, A Change of Identity, we met Leon, who mm-hmm. I said was kind of a skeevy, sketchy dude, and in this one, we have a continuation of, of him and Barbara interacting, mm-hmm. and I really, really wish I could have seen that visual per- performance from from Jacqueline Hill, because... You know, at the at the end of it, but after he leaves, Susan says, "Oh, you you like Leon, don't you?" And I want to know if if she does, or if she's as squicked out by him as I am, and is just sort of like humoring him to try to be friendly, or if we're supposed to think that Barbara really was sort of had her head turned by this fellow, or but you see that Barbara sort of like dismisses this. Come on, let's go. Yeah, she laughs and says, "Come on, let's go," yeah. which. That in itself could go either way. Either Mm. she really is into him and she just doesn't want to talk about it with Susan because why would you want to talk about that with Susan? Or she isn't and she's just laughing it off. Susan, you're delusional because you have a fever. Right. Um, I don't don't feel like I know what I'm supposed to believe based on the animation. I think if I would have seen it, I might have a better idea. Yeah. um, On that note, too, I was one – I would have loved to have seen this – if only the TV archive in Cyprus, where uh, episodes f- f- one through th- one through three, I think, were found hmm. back in the eighties, um, and uh, a bomb or something blew it up Ooh. during a war. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. But people might have died in the war. But yeah, we lost two episodes of Doctor Who as well. Um, but I was thinking of people <laughs> first. I just heard bomb, and yeah. I thought uh, when Ian uh, discovers Barbara again, because Ian Ian has thought that Susan and and Barbara are probably dead. Right, that's true. Executed. And because of Barbara's supposed, you know, feelings now towards Leon, I would have loved to see how they acted out that mm-hmm. meeting, you know, and how happy they would have been, and like how... Like they hug, the animated they, figures hug. They might have hugged, maybe they, maybe. I imagine they probably did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because they both, everyone thought each other were dead. But I would love to see how they played that. Yes. You yeah. know, based on that. We're robbed of, of little things like this mm-hmm. when we yeah, don't have the episodes is, to watch. This is, I think, the first time that it has hit me quite, you know, <clears throat> quite mm-hmm. so much in the gut. Um, maybe in Marco Polo it didn't so much because we didn't have any of Marco Polo, so all of it was consumed right. the same way, whereas mm-hmm. in this case I was seeing these two, three characters interacting on screen in this story, and all of a sudden I don't have them anymore. I just have pictures and, you know, still kudos to the animators because it, they did a great job. But I, I really wish that I had the, uh, the actual real McCoy mm-hmm. to look at because, man. But it's a, it, I am enjoying the story overall. Like, it's, it is, it's rocking along and it's, it's interesting. And when they carried 
uh, Ian in through the window at first, simply because they were animated, I wasn't sure if they were supposed to be the people who belonged there or if these were just three other you know, random Robbers guys coming in. Boys, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, especially also since it's been a few nights since we watched, so I didn't really remember what the characters looked like in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I had to be like, is that supposed to be Ian when they pulled the bag off his head? <laughs> and you were like, yes. <laughs> yes, that's him. Because we haven't seen him animated before either, so. Nope. And yeah, yeah his, his, his eyes looked good, but the rest of his, the shape of his face was, I, I was kind of like, is that really? There were some mm-hmm. shots there that I think were, were yeah, pretty bad on. You could tell they were sort of based on mm-hmm. uh, I thought Susan photos. Was, Susan was excellent. Yeah, I thought so too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And man, you know, having to go to the doctor and then the doctor. It, it, what I don't know a lot about uh, about France at this time, but what, what I seem to be learning is that you really can't trust anybody. Like, not a no. single soul. Oh, and another thing about Leon. Yeah. I... My my thought of him as a skeevy dude, somebody I don't trust, was reinforced when uh, the woman whose name I've forgotten um, came into the room. The nurse or the, the maid? The si- or I, think like she, that. I think she was the sister of the. Oh of, yeah, of Jules. yeah, I can't remember what um, she was. Yeah. And uh, and she comes in and Leon's like, oh, you know, I'd like another glass of wine. She's like, it's on the wine is on the table. You know, she right. and she leaves and he says, well, you can't be friends with anybody. And I was like. If you've got a dude yeah. who the one woman, you know, the unknown to us, mm-hmm. uh, one woman in the scene is very, very much kind of against, I'm like, that is not a trustworthy guy. Like, no. That's a, a very clear signal to me, I feel like. So so I wasn't terribly surprised when he turned on Ian at the end. But this, like, it's, it's, it's so exciting because everybody is turning on everybody. Know, spies, yeah. I'll ask you. I'll ask you another question about Leon, but in the next episode, because mm-hmm. apparently there's a thing to uh, there's a cliffhanger to get out of regarding Leon and Ian. Mm-hmm. But I'm saving that yep. because I want to get on to the episode, and we also we'll get on with a couple of emails that we've literally waited. Right. Well, can we talk about the doctor before we move on? Oh yeah, go for it. We, yeah. we haven't said anything about him. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah so he talked to Robespierre. Yeah. Um, who went off on quite a tear. I know, um, which was which is interesting. I I think this was another kind of nice example of the doctor bluffing his way through something. He doesn't know anything about the southern provinces. Nope. Um, I mean, he might he might know some stuff because because he's, he's the doctor. He is, but uh, he knows enough to get by. Yeah, but he didn't. He did a nice job of sort of turning the tables of the conversation so that Robespierre just you know I think he knew which buttons to push. This is his favorite you know pe- part of history, so he probably Apparently. probably knows a lot about Robespierre as a person. <laughs> Three hundred forty two executions in nine days. 340, was that how much? Oh my God. It might have been. I love this time. Of, yeah, oh, let's go back. Yeah, so I know. icky. I know. Um, but, but yeah, so he knew which but- buttons to press in yeah. order to keep Robespierre talking. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, you know, two and a half minutes is the, uh, is the extent. as long as you get. Yep. That's all the meaning is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so good, good job, doctor, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying I was in love with that scene, but. I, I liked it because it, it showed that I mean, it, it humanized the tyrant of France, the titular tyrant of France being Robespierre, in that he was like, look what I have to do to keep this place in line. You know, mm-hmm. I have to keep executing. Death is the only answer. Yeah. Um, which, it, 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 he's, he's not evil or mad. It's just like, this is the only way to keep I think things he is in mad. control. Oh, he might be. Yeah, honest, because I, I feel like he's gotten pushed to the point where right. he, he's <clears throat> not trusting anyone. Mm-hmm. And thus, you know, death is the only answer. That's true. His the fact that he kind of got so intense about it made me think he's a little, little cuckoo in this show in this portrayal of the character. I don't know that this is. I feel like I've heard that this is not the most uh, accurate to exactly what was going on in France at the time. But well, who knows? 
Doctor Who historicals are not exactly known for being bang on. No, whereas sometimes I think they they try to be. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. Is that, like, is that yeah, like that literally 16 minutes about it? I'm, I'm surprised, to be honest. Sometimes I'm, I, I like this podcast because I'm often surprised by how, how much you <laughs> want to talk about an episode or how much mm-hmm. you can find to talk about an episode. Well, in this case, we also had the whole concept of, of the animation That's to cover. True. So next, the next episode will be animated, but we won't need to go <laughs> on for 10 minutes, minutes about that. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, emails. What do we got? Okay, so we have an email that well, came in on October 30th. We were flying to the United Kingdom when this email came in. Came That's, in. That is true. Or we're about to fly anyway. That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, plus, you know, lazy. Okay. So, so it is from uh, listener Brian. Hello, listener Brian. <laughs> Hello, listener Brian. Uh, it says, it's hi. It's an incomparable network thing, so we have to. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not just the incomparable. Lots of places do that. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know the Actually, it's more relay of him. Anyway, go on. So it says, uh, hi, Stephen and Erica. I just wanted to say how much I enjoy all your podcasts. Verity is my all-time favorite. Woohoo! I have two questions. Okay, do a few skiles there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Other Somebody's getting jealous. <laughs> I like Verity, too. Uh, Happy yeah. 100 episodes, by the way. Aww, that was happening. Thank you. Yeah, that came out yesterday as we recorded this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Go on. Big round numbers. Yay. Uh, so listener Brian has two questions. One. What do you think of all the Who haters? I find a lot of the DW podcasts ironic in that supposed fans of the show get together and do nothing but complain about it. It feels like they are complaining because it's not cool to just be a fan and love the show. Do we want to answer that before we go on to question two? Yeah, let's answer that. Um, What do I think of the Who haters? I I don't like saying, well, if you don't like it, don't watch it, because that's... That's kind of feels like, you know, uh, if you don't... Telling people what to do? Yeah, it's telling what people what to do, but it's also sort of, you know, um, it's kind of like saying, oh, you don't like, you know, your your son, your child has taken <laughs> a different path, you know. He's become he's becoming a baseball player when you wanted them to become a football player. So that's like saying, well, just don't hang out with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Just leave them. Um, which is wrong because, you know, people have a vested interest in Doctor Who and maybe sometimes it doesn't necessarily jive with what they think. It's a, it, you know, there's, we're doing season one. There's 51 more years of Doctor Who. Yep. Some of it televised. Um, eventually, you know, at some point, usually you're going to find a part with, eh, this part doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. meet up with what I know as Doctor Who. Myself, I think I accepted change in the show at an early age. And so it just seems I can, myself, I can roll with the punches a little more and see where they're going with the show. Mm-hmm. And I kind of trust the people who are making it to do it because it's become such a thing now that it's such a danger to both the BBC and whoever's producing it to drop the ball that I think every, I, can, I can tell that everyone is giving their absolute best to make Doctor Who. And I personally think the last two years have been probably my favorite seasons ever. Mm-hmm. Like, actually the best seasons of Doctor Who perhaps ever made. I think that the quality of the writing and the acting and the directing and the production are just outstanding. So it, it's, it saddens me a little bit that when I see the people don't like the show and just don't like the, how it's being made and everything, because I think it's, it's, it's top-notch. What about you? Um... I, I appreciate what you just said. That makes makes good sense to me. I think that I don't really listen to podcasts where there's a ton of, of Doctor Who bashing. There are 
a couple of, of people who I, on some of the podcasts I listen to tend to get grumpy and I will leave those podcasts for last and only listen to them when right. I have time. Um, or just skip episodes <coughs> entirely if I feel like people are just too negative on something that I like. But mm-hmm. I don't begrudge them feeling that way or podcasting about it because really everybody's entitled to their opinion and, and their feelings uh, about the show and there's no reason that they shouldn't do a podcast about it if that is still bringing them some sort of satisfaction or joy. I do think I do think it's a healthy thing to be able to step away from the show and stop watching it if that is what is going to make you happy. I know people who have stopped watching Doctor Who and are happier for it and that, hmm. you know, like that makes me sad because I but but so what? There are people who've stepped away from podcasting and too. Yeah, that's true. Of, and know. and and feel better for it. So I just think I think it's important for each viewer to and podcast listener to decide what is going to bring them the most joy and what is going to bring them the most satisfaction. And you know, if going online and ranting about uh, about your favorite thing is <laughs> is what makes you happy, I guess more power to you as long as you're doing it in your own space, your own podcast space, and not bringing that bile to you know somebody else's front door yeah but i i mean i i I shouldn't speak too highly because i remember you know it's often a case of people being let down by a show they used to love Mm -hmm. uh, for what they loved for and then it not being that anymore i remember the our review on radio free scarrow for the end of time part one which was i we were just irate (laughs) we just hated that episode so much because it disappointed us so much Mm -hmm. because it wasn't it just wasn't in our mind up to the standard enough up to what the show was doing up to that point it was just this horrible thing and i just remember that episode was just full of just frustration and bile um for like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and Was hmm? was it catharsis at all no, because we still talk about it. <laughs> I guess not. It's literally six years ago, and we mm-hmm. still talk about that damn thing. Um, but because because it let us down so much, it was such mm-hmm. a hard fall for us that I think, especially me, that I just I had a hard time getting over it, and I still have a hard time getting over it. So mm-hmm. I don't think people actually set out, ooh, I hate Doctor Who, let's do a podcast to bash it. I think they right. set it up to go, I love Doctor yes. Who, let's talk about it. And, and then, and then they mm-hmm. realize that parts of it annoy them. Or just, yeah, it's not going in a direction I like. One thing that I think is very important to mention is my biggest pet peeve about something like that is when people are not careful about the language they use to talk about why they don't like Doctor Who or what it is they don't like about it. Uh Where they say in like, you know, very... When the way that they speak very clearly implies that anybody who likes this thing is stupid or you know yeah. when people say you know use vast sweeping statements well everybody knows that this episode sucks or you know nobody likes time lash because that was the worst episode ever it's yeah. like, screw you some people de- actually the do fans are demanding that moffat leave or something like that no no, no they're not no. you and a few people who you must possibly know and follow on twitter because they share the same opinions as you yeah exactly just i mean the whole phrase you know moffat or anybody else so and so must go is dumb um, or, you know, just that this episode is the worst episode. Um, you know, if you're talking about your opinions, then a statement like that is fine. But if you're just, you know, bringing that up out of out of nowhere, you know, context matters. It does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is that is something that my biggest, biggest pet peeve is, is people who, who talk about Doctor Who in absolutist terms. Yeah. As if there is such a thing as, you know, that, basically as if received fan wisdom either – if received fan wisdom is right, or their own opinion is right, mm-hmm. 
just that gets on my nerves. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue with the. Uh, <laughs> it's like the seven email. minutes for that. Guys. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get that out. You are you are getting bonus bonus material here, folks. It's <laughs> yeah. like Vam. It's like lazy doctor who Vam is. <laughs> Happy right, New Year. Yeah. Uh, and then number two, yeah. would Erica mind divorcing Stephen and marrying me instead? I can't get my wife interested in Doctor Who, so I need to upgrade. <laughs> Thanks and keep up the great work, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> The look on your face. Well, the, qu- well, the question is for you. I, ha- I am. Oh, um, I'm afraid I, I would mind divorcing okay, Stephen. So, uh, you. Brian, you are I appreciate not in luck. Answer. And I think, Brian, that you're lucky that your wife is not interested in Doctor Who, which means there's probably not a great chance she'll be listening to this podcast. Because <laughs> there I, you go. I can't imagine she would appreciate hearing that. No. No. But, you know, good luck. Maybe someday, uh, maybe someday, maybe the next showrunner will mm-hmm. make it the type of Doctor Who that will grab her interest and you'll be able to watch together finally. That'd be nice. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah. We have one other email. Do you want to do that now? Let's do it now, yeah. We'll read we'll some to tweets, tweets on the next one, yeah. On the next one, okay. All right. This one is from listener Chuck. <laughs> September, I just saw the date. Oh, wow. This one's even older. Sorry, okay. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, September 12th. He says, you may already... Oh, the uh, the subject of this one is Keys of Marinus oh, 1. So wow. it was about... Uh, that. Yep. Yeah. Yes, but I have such fond memories of it. That That's It'll right, stay you in my heart. Yeah. Uh, you may have already been told this, but the DVD production notes... He says, he's, I'm watching along with you when I have the story, which is awesome. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, he says they state that the subs little submarines, were actually moved by using a magnet underneath, not pulled by strings, which is very cool. And um, to see, I remember, if you remember correctly, and I remember this very clearly, yep. I was saying that I absolutely could not see any strings. And you were like, yeah, I, I could see strings, I think. You could not see strings because they weren't pulled by I them. I bet you my mind told me that I, where mm. did I see this? It was the Dalek invasion of Earth, which we'll see later on. There's a saucer spoilers. Uh, <laughs> no. where they actually use string mm-hmm. on the sides of it to sort of like hold it up like taut wise oh, okay. as opposed because the eye automatically looks mm-hmm. for strings hanging support, up hanging. And, mm-hmm. and so my mind was probably thinking oh boy look at that it's obviously how they're going to make it is going to be dragged mm-hmm. I think I see strings it's not I love that it's with magnets that is so cool yeah. it just makes me love Doctor Who even more so thank you listener Chuck for, Thanks, for listener telling Chuck. that yeah. Yeah. that's a, an excellent tidbit someday someday maybe I will go through and actually watch these with the uh, with the uh, what is it infotext yeah that's Lazy <laughs> Vam that's the next pod- podcast that Lazy we'll be doing v- yes we should do it as a companion piece, really, mm-hmm. as the added material to this no, show. No, because that would not be lazy. Not be lazy at all. No. Well, speaking of being lazy, let's get some champagne. I don't know how that fits. <laughs> lazy. I just want some friggin' champagne. Champagne is work. You have to open that bottle, so I don't know. It might be the last time you hear of us. We might get a champagne cork on the side of the head. I am very good at opening champagne bottles. We'll be fine. I yeah. look forward to watching this then. Okay. Right. <laughs> Next stop, Brain of Terror, episode five. All right. Goodbye Bye-bye. for now. Bye-bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.